Sarah, that was amazing. Y'all, I'm just so grateful that because of y'all, we get to just experience worship on a night like tonight. It really means the most. But thank y'all so much for being here. I'm excited to hang out with y'all. Um, truth be told, obviously the first Monday night of the month is my favorite night of the whole entire month. So I'm so grateful to be able to do it with y'all. But y'all can go ahead and take your seats and then we're gonna jump into God's word. How amazing was the dinner? So good. Shout out to all the moms and and college girls that just pitched in to, to make the dinner. I was laughing because every when I went around and was asking everyone, like, how's the food? Everyone's like, oh my, it's so amazing. Like, who did it? And of course, we had so many moms. Lacey made it with her grandmother, which is the sweetest memory ever. Um, but I was laughing because I wish y'all could have been a fly on the wall seeing me order a ham in Publix yesterday, which just got here about 10 minutes ago. So um, if y'all are just hungry for some ham after this, y'all are more than welcome to eat it. But no worries. I will, I will take it back home with me. But no, I texted them and I was like, y'all, I've never ordered a ham before. And I was like, is this what it feels like to be a mom coordinating? like Thanksgiving with the family because we were all texting about what people were bringing and what desserts we were bringing and if anyone was like can I bring anything we were like desserts because we forgot to share that with other people so I'm glad that y'all enjoyed the dinner it looked amazing um, I can't wait to eat some after but I'm super excited for tonight extra excited that it's Friendsgiving because Friendsgiving I feel like is just such an embodiment of community with other people you know we see so many times in God's Word but we see so many times also just in life where so many special moments are just centered around just gathering together and eating together and I'm so grateful that I get to do that with y'all and on the note of gratitude with Thanksgiving being just around the corner that's really what I felt like the Lord was leading me to speak on tonight and as I was praying and preparing and just interceding on what I was going to share I just really feel like the burden on my heart was that we would experience what an honor it is to get to be grateful for life because there are a lot of things a lot of things that happen in life that make us not want to be grateful there's a lot of reasons that we have not to be grateful but the biggest reason that we have to be grateful which is because we have jesus is a reason that covers all the rest of that and so i'm excited tonight with to share with you all a few verses um, and just really how we can be grateful in our life you know our little slogan is biblical encouragement for the practical struggle so i'm going to try to give you all also some practical tips on how you can practice gratitude um, even when it just doesn't even seem like there's even a reason to be grateful but the verse that I want to start off by sharing with you all tonight and if you'll have your journal if you have your phone you're more than welcome to take notes on it um, but it comes from Psalm 104 and this verse is actually the message version a verse that you've heard a lot where it says enter his gates with thanksgiving enter his courts with praise but I loved the way that this verse was quoted because it says enter with the password thank you it says make yourself at home and talking praise thank God and worship God how many of y'all have a password on your phone Pretty much all of us. If you don't, that's so brave of you. Anyone can come on your phone at any time. But we have passwords. I also think about passwords as like an alarm system at your house. Um, funny story, I used to do people's laundry for my job in high school. I was not a babysitter like all my friends. I would literally go to people's houses and I would gather the laundry from their rooms. I'd bring it downstairs to the laundry room, like wash, dry, fold, and put it away. And one of the houses I went to, I opened up the door without putting in the alarm code 
And literally, like, the fire department showed up. The mom called me on the phone. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I don't know what to do. I don't know the password. And she's, like, trying to tell me the password. But she was like, hold on. The fireman's coming. The password's this, this, this. Hold on. They're on their way. Let me call them right now. I'll call them back. So that's just a funny story that has to do with me and a passcode that just really went south. That's embarrassing and that you just never want to experience ever again. But we have passcodes because they're protecting something that is valuable. You know, why would you have a passcode on your phone? If you didn't have a passcode on your phone, I just think about my little siblings that get scrolling through my pictures. And then before I know it, they're like, trash, delete. And then they're like deleting my favorite memories. You know, we have passcodes because we want to keep safe what is valuable. And I love the part of this verse where it says, enter with the passcode, thank you. Because what we're entering into is the presence of God. And God's presence is so valuable. His presence is so important that there is almost a passcode that we need to enter into it. But it's not a passcode that keeps you out. It's not a passcode that rejects you, but it's a passcode that welcomes you in. And that is a heart of gratitude. You know, when I think about the presence of God, I think about how amazing it is the moment that we get to experience. I think about just the moment that we get to experience gratefulness and why the theme of tonight is just what an honor it is to get to be grateful. This verse just makes me think about how gratefulness is the password to a moment with Jesus. The only way that we get to step into his presence is first after we have been grateful, is first after we have thanked God for who he is, after we have thanked God for what he's done, in the second part of this verse where it says, make yourself at home, talking praise. I love how this version, this paraphrased version of that verse is just like, settle down, sit down, make yourself at home like you're doing right now, which means when we're in the presence of God, we don't have to become our the best version of ourselves. We don't have to straighten ourselves up and get rid of the bad parts of ourselves or try to hide things from God. But it literally says, make ourselves at home in his presence. And when we make ourselves at home in his presence, we're doing that by talking praise. We're doing that by praising God because praise is a posture that we get to live from. When we're living in the house of God, we're living from a place of praising God. We're living from a place of experiencing Him. We're living in a, praise, a place of talking highly of Him, of honoring God for who He is and all that He's done. There's a verse in Romans 12, 1, and it says, Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, for this is true and proper worship. There's another version of that verse that talks about how our only response to God is to be able to do a fraction of what he was able to do for us, which means our only proper response to God for saving us from the things he saved us from, from giving us the life that he's given us is to worship him, not just with our words, not just on a Sunday during the worship set, not just at Phil's Small Social when Kennedy and Sierra are playing for us, but it means in all areas of our life, we get to live a life of praise. You know, I think sometimes I can wonder like, what is it that is enough for God, that I can honor him for everything he's done for me. You know, I, th I think sometimes it can be easy. We get so grateful, but then it's like, what even is our response outside of gratitude? And I think Romans 12, 1 is exactly just that. It says that we get to praise God, live a life of worship in all areas of our life and what we do and what we say and how we think and all those things. God gets the glory for that. 
So when I think about making myself at home in praise, I think about the verse in Psalm 22, 3, where it says the Lord inhabits the praise of his people, which means the moment that we start praising is the moment that God's in communion with us. The moment that we start praising is the moment that God shows up for us. I think that's one reason I love moments of worship so much is because you just know God's presence is in the room. Just even when we were just singing that first song, just great things like how awesome it was to just hear everyone like lifting up the name of Jesus. There's just so much power in the words that we choose to say. When I think about a life of gratitude, when I think about how God says that our proper response is worship to Him, I think about how true life comes from a heart of gratitude because true life comes from being in God's presence. And the only way to get to God's presence is by what our first verse said, which is to enter with the password, thank you, which is to thank God. So when we get to live a life of gratitude, we get to live a life of experiencing God every day. Even on the days when we don't even understand why we need to be grateful, on the days when we don't see with our eyes a reason to be grateful, it says that true life comes when we are grateful, when we are excited. Um, me and Eden got together last night and we were actually talking about um, just praising God, but also in a culture where there's so much anxiety, where there's so much frustration, where there's so much fear. And she brought up such a powerful point that's actually backed by science that it talks about how gratitude and anxiety cannot be in the same place at the same time, which means you can't praise God and experience anxiousness. And when you're experiencing when you experiencing anxiousness and the moment that you praise God, it goes away. In the moment that we speak Jesus's name, those things have to flee because God's word says that his word is powerful, but it also says that God has authority over all things in our life, which means the moment moment that we speak his truth, when we say his truth over the areas of our life that we don't even understand why they're having to rule over us the way that they do, those things break loose and their chains are let go of our life. And I just love that reminder that when I'm grateful, anxiety has no place on me. When I'm grateful, fear has no hold on me. When I speak reasons why I should be thankful to God for all that he's done and thankful for who he is, all of those other fears that are from the enemy and not from Jesus, they don't just get to flee, but they have to flee because God's word is more powerful than all of those things. So getting to the practical part, a few areas that we get to be grateful in. The first one I wanna share with you all is we get to be grateful in our praise. So when I think of praise, I think of praise as our words. It's our honor to God. Now, when we worship, worship can look a lot of different ways. Worship can be the words we say. Worship can be the actions we do. And praising God plays a part in that, which is just affirming who God is. It's a posture of our heart, not just the words that we say. But when you think about what's in the heart comes out of the mouth, what's in your spirit is going to become what you do in your actions. It's going to dwell in your lifestyle. When we have a heart of gratitude, we can't help but to speak thankfulness to God. When we have a heart of gratitude, we can't help but to be grateful for his word and the power that it has over it. Um, and that just goes back to our first verse, Psalm 104, that talks about like, thanking God. When we speak God's name, when we enter his courts with thanksgiving, we're automatically in his presence. And when we're in his presence, when we're grateful in our praise, the enemy has to flee and he has no hold on us. The second area is our life. And when I think about how we get to be grateful in our life, I think about that's what we do. 
you know, a big part of my story and my testimony is not having to be a result of things that you've experienced, not having to be a product of your circumstance. For me, that was a lot of things I've experienced as a child, but for you, that could be words that a boy spoke over you. That could be actions that a mean girl in your class made. But because of those things in our life, we get to praise God for what we do. We get to thank God for who we are. Romans 12, 1, that verse again that we talked about a few minutes ago is all about how worship gets to be our proper response, which means we get to live a life of worship. We get to worship in all that we do. We get to worship when we show up on class on a Monday. We get to worship when we go to church on a Wednesday. We get to worship when we hang out with our friends on a Friday, because when we do things that honor God, it's worship to God. And thankfully, those things get to be in a lot of different areas. The last point that I want to share with you all, which is areas to be grateful in, which is an area that I think I'm most excited to share about because it's the hardest one to be grateful in. And that area is we get to be grateful in our trials. We get to be grateful when life seems like there's no reason to be grateful. We get to honor God and it means the most to God when we honor Him, when we feel like there's not a reason to honor Him. And the heart behind this point is that sometimes life can make us feel like there's no reason to be grateful. The things that we're experiencing, it's easy to look at them and be like, how could God be good when that just happened? How could God be kind when they're a Christian and they just bullied me in the hallway? How could my teacher be a Christian and be kind when they give me a bad homework assignment that I'm not trying to do? You know, how can God be good? How can he be faithful? How can he be right? How can he be true when my life looks like this? And there's two verses I want to share with you all before we close tonight. And the first one is 1 Thessalonians 5.18. And it says, Give thanks to God in all circumstances. It doesn't say give thanks to God when you wake up and you have a good morning routine and you get your long quiet time in and you're just feeling all the good vibes. It says thank God in all circumstances. So on the mornings when you wake up late and you're rushed out the door and you don't get to read the word and then you get to class, you get to school, you get to work and someone makes you mad, in that moment we thank God again. It says that this is the will for you in Christ Jesus. People ask all the time, what is God's will? I pray all the time, God, I pray that your will would happen. I wanna experience your will. I wanna experience what you have for me. Well, what is God's will? It's that we're grateful. And I think that's God's will because he knows that the moment that we're grateful is the moment we get to experience his presence. And when we're in his presence, that's his favorite place for us to be in. When we're in his presence, that's the only place he wants us to be in. When we are experiencing who he is, that's not only his favorite place for us to be in, it's his favorite place for him to be in. Because he created life, he created you to inhabit your praise, to experience life with you. James 1, 2, and 3 says, Consider it joy when you experience trials of many kinds. Because the trials that you experience is what produces your perseverance. The trials that you experience is what produces the steadfastness. It's not the easy workout that builds muscle. It's the workout that I go to the gym and I'm like, nobody look at me or else I'm about to say a bad word that means the most, that's building the muscle. The place I work out at, they always say, embrace the shake. Because the shake, Grace knows, the shake is when the muscle builds, when the change happens. If I was working out on my own, the moment I started shaking, I'd be like, I'm done and go home. But the burning, the crushing, the pressing, the trial, when we find joy in it, is when we get to experience God and we choose to have gratefulness. 
When I was planning for tonight and just thinking about the note of gratitude, I was just thinking about, I just really felt on my heart that there was someone that doesn't see any reason to be grateful. That your life, there's not a reason to be grateful when you look at it. You don't, you're like, how could I be grateful when life looks like this? How could I be grateful when my community is as slim as it is? How could I be grateful when I've been praying for a husband and there is not a boy showing up? How can I be grateful when life doesn't look the way that I want it to look? And um, when I was really preparing, I really felt like the Lord wanted me to just share the power of realizing what life can look like one way through the world's eyes, but then what it looks like when we look through it through a heavenly lens, through God's eyes. And for me, that looks a lot like my childhood growing up. And when I say it one way, it can sound really bad, but when I say it another way, you can see God's faithfulness, you can see God's presence in it when you say it with a heart of gratitude. And I was a year old when my mom had me and my dad chose to walk out on us and left us in a really tough place. And I was six years old when my mom sent me to a babysitter that sexually abused me. And I was seven years old when I watched men walk in and out of our house, hurting my mom, hurting me, and disrupting our normal. And I was eight years old when my mom sat me down and she told me that she was gonna be leaving to go to a rehab center because she had been choosing a substance, choosing to choose a substance over loving and caring for her own child. And I was 10 years old when my family couldn't take care of me, so they sent me to a children's home where I had to live with strangers, I had to live with people that I didn't know. And I was 14 years old when the family that I thought was gonna be my forever family had to leave because not only did they have to leave, but we watched a marriage fall apart of people that were supposed to be the perfect picture of what a godly marriage should look like. And we watched our mom be unfaithful to our dad and we watched both of our parents have to walk out the door. And two years later, I was 16 when I sat in a hospital room and I watched my mom take her last breath because she had succumbed to the addiction that kept her from me for so long. And two months later, I sat in the living room as my parents told me that they would be leaving and that they weren't gonna be our mom and dad anymore. And then two months after that, I sat in the same room and watched house parent number three do the same thing. And when I say it that way, you can see a lot of things, a lot of reasons to not be grateful. You can see a lot of reasons to be mad at God. You can see a lot of ways he didn't show up. You can see a lot of moments where he forgot me, where he didn't hear me. When I would cry out at night as a seven-year-old little girl, just waiting to be rescued from the pain and anxiousness and hurt that I was experiencing. But I was a year old when God planted the seed for me to experience who my heavenly father was. And I was six years old when I was sexually abused, but God saved me from it happening again. And I was seven years old when I watched the way I knew I didn't want my husband to treat me. And I was eight years old when my mom chose to get help, which was the hardest form of love because she knew that it would take me out of her arms. And I was 10 years old where a family that loved me so much, they knew they couldn't give me what I needed. So they surrendered me to a godly mom and dad in a family unit in a house with brothers and sisters. And I was 14 years old where I learned that it's really risky to put your heart on the line and have people to love you. 
but I was 16 years old when I watched God breathe so much purpose into the pain that I experienced in a hospital room two blocks from here. And two months later, I learned how to give all that I was to Jesus and surrender his goodness and his plan to my life, even when it didn't look like that was what was gonna happen. And two months after that, I learned to experience God's love in a way that I had never experienced. And I realized that all of those walls I had put up, all of the hardened heart I had experienced was not worth comparing one ounce to the love that God would use to break it down. And there's a lot of reasons that you can feel like you're not grateful. A lot of reasons that you don't wanna walk through the hard things that you're walking through. But can I tell you something? That if I didn't experience God the way that I experienced Him, I would not love Him the way that I do. And if I didn't watch Him show up the way I watched Him show up, I would not be so passionate about sharing with you the things that He wants to do for you and the heart that He has for you. If He didn't give His love the way that He gave it, and if I didn't learn to receive it the way that I received it, I wouldn't be able to share one ounce of love with any of y'all in the room tonight. Had God not shown up for me the way that he did, I would not be walking in the things that I'm in. The password to a good life, the password to a life full of his praise, full of his presence, is a heart of gratefulness. It's thank you. It's thank you, God, for the joy, but it's thank you, God, for the pain. And it's thank you, God, for the good friend, but it's thank you, God, for the bad one, too. And it's thank you, God, for the good day, but it's thank you, God, for the hard day. Because the hard day, the trial, is what produced perseverance. The trial is what produced faith. The trial is what produced hope. And it is an honor to get to stand here and live a life of gratitude, to get to share God's goodness with all of y'all, and that we get to do the same together as we get to experience God's gratefulness and experience His presence as we live all our life the rest of this week. So I'm gonna pray for us, and then we're gonna have some girls come up and share some announcements. Jesus, thank you. God, thank you that you saw us when we didn't feel it. God, thank you that you heard us when we thought for sure we were speaking into a void. God, thank you that because of a life of gratitude, we get to experience your presence, that because of a life of praise, we get to experience your purpose. God, thank you for each girl in this room that showed up tonight when it was really hard to get here. God, for each girl that braved the anxious feelings that walking around downtown at night without being able to find a parking spot can bring. God, we're so grateful because the boldness led to a moment in your presence. God, the boldness led to a moment of praise, Jesus. So I thank you, God, for the good things in life that we get to experience. But God, I thank you for the hard things because the hard things is what makes us know you. The hard things is what lead us to experience you. The hard things is what make us love you like never before. And God, we love you so much. We're so grateful that we get to have moments like this in communities like this. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen.